<laughs> yeah, they wouldn't go for that. Oh, Fools man. be like, man, every time I like his posts, I just keep getting invoiced. <laughs> Why is this? Oh, you don't know about the new shit? That new shit? Yeah, that new, they, new? That new plug-in. <laughs> it's called Like My Post, Buy It. <laughs> if you like, you buy. Yeah, you like, you buy. <laughs> plug-in. The, the latest app and taking over the independent, you know, hip-hop realm. Where you like, you buy. <laughs> oh, that shit's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, you can never have that one-to-one relationship. Of course not. But see, that's why you gotta cast the web. It's the net just like wide, like yeah. really, really wide. Because no matter how many fans you got, it's just gonna be a small fraction of them. Oh yeah, that's gonna that will support. I mean, usually the the rule is like ten percent of what you know, if, if that, if you lucky. Yeah, if you lucky, ten percent yeah. of what you promote to will actually purchase you know that's usually the rule yeah yeah you're doing good if you get 10 percent. right you're doing awesome if you get 10 percent. <laughs> you know depending on how you promote but the problem is that you don't reach a hundred that's assuming you reach a hundred percent of the people who know who right you are. and then you can't really do that unless you <laughs> you know putting a hundred dollars on on sponsoring a post yeah you yeah. know what i mean you, you gotta have you gotta definitely have your facebook like you got to know what you're doing with the science behind right. like reaching people. Like I figured it out like a couple years ago, the last couple years, but it took me a lot. And yeah, it's still man. times I don't hit. Like I'll try to do one and it just don't do what I think it's going to do. Yeah. But it's hard to reach everybody. You got to have some shit that's truly, truly like you just got to think it all out and just have it like diabolically planned out. Yeah, man. You know, to, to reach a percentage of your fans, to even reach 50 percent. Yeah, I get fans on Facebook. I mean, because I only have like you got like forty thousand. Yeah, right. I got like twelve. Yeah, and that's still like difficult. Yeah, like twelve is difficult to reach. Yeah, I think yeah. the average reach is like three percent or something right. like that. So like, and that's without sponsoring. Yeah, you know. So when I sponsor, usually, you know, the most that I've sponsored so ads so far is like fifty to eighty bucks or something. Yeah, um, and that's like maybe 50 percent yeah see maybe. i've never i've never spent 50 to 80 yeah I, I, 30 is the most i spend i did 50 i did 50 once and i did 80 once yeah but For you, this campaign i only did like 20 25 here and yeah there. it gets harder the more people you have but then there's just like certain shit you got to do like for me like i noticed just a difference between certain links are never gonna really crack right like a band camp link yeah. sound camp sound uh cloud link mm-hmm. nope yeah videos and pictures yeah exactly like but you know and then you know sometimes you really want a motherfucker to listen to your right link you post but none of the things that actually play audio except youtube get mm-hmm. any love on facebook right so it's just not good and i've gotten more love posting videos directly to facebook oh yeah I yeah do. yeah yeah. they cheat for themselves yeah of course they only do that because they want to get make themselves look good they want to challenge facebook so they're willing to not bend you over right as hard right when you upload directly to them yeah like oh you're gonna directly load your video to us okay we won't dick you so bad right right we'll give you an extra five percent <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah. Hey, let this guy get a couple more views. Right. He actually uploaded that directly to us right, instead right. of our competitor, right. YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, I, I been, fucking hate them. I've been trying, you know, experimenting with shit like that and stuff, and it's fucking. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, you you always get reminded of that when a new record comes out. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yeah, I can't reach all these people. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're right there. They're right there. But yeah. they just can't see my post right. because 12, Facebook 12, is holding them hostage. Twelve thousand people. Have liked my page. Yeah, yeah. Yet. Yet. 
only a fraction of them see your room. A small fraction. Yes, five to ten percent max. Yes. You know, it's wild. If you're lucky. It yeah. is wild. But yeah, no, that's that's what it is. So yeah, Logic's new record just came out. Yeah. Support the movement. Support the movement, you my people. Y'all probably you you probably didn't see his post about it. <laughs> I was just gonna say, hey, you probably saw his post about it. Yeah, yeah, maybe a, no, you a percentage of you, a, a small percentage of yeah, you may have seen it. If you're among the lucky five percent, <laughs> right, who gets notifications about his posts, right, you might have saw he got a record out. But yeah, man, so he's out doing this. He's about to be out, you know, uh, in a couple months doing this thing on the road. I mean, yes, uh, sir. Lucid Logic, and uh, you know, it's a good time, man. Like, you doing your thing? I'm trying to get this this film thing cracking. I see. I see you. You see, I'm on the streets. I see you out there flyering. <laughs> streets is talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Passing out your flyers, your digital flyers. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting up everywhere. <laughs> I'm getting up everywhere, man. I'm, I'm out there, man, letting the world know. You Where? know, they're going to have to take me off the streets. I'm just throwing shit up on every bill, every corner, man. Like, yo, it's coming. It's <laughs> yeah, coming. Be ready. Yeah, but not, it's good. I mean, the, the response has been good, you mm-hmm. know. And this is such a new thing. It's so unlike oh, yeah. what we do. Yeah. typically that it's like well, how do i do this i mean and, and like what i've what i what i've figured you would do is just take the same you know similar philosophy yeah you know that we take with the music and kind of all right this is this is what yeah. you know you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. the promotional aspect yeah, even I got though it's a part. different medium yeah yeah, yeah. It's still the promotional aspect it's still it's no different well that part is similar yeah but the the thing that's different about uh video is like it's like film has a real weird like they call it windowing thing mm-hmm. right to where like you know movie comes out it's in theaters right then when it's in theaters it's nowhere else right then when it comes out of there they put it somewhere else for a limited time then when it's there then they put it on here then mm-hmm. it's there then they'll go to dvd then they'll go to here then and uh i'm not saying that's right or wrong but that's what it is right and people are acclimated to that right mm-hmm. and so you know, and then if you're an independent filmmaker, it's like, okay, let me make this film and let me get on a festival circuit. Right. And let me submit to, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30 f- festivals and try to do that. And then even people tell you, hey, man, oh, you're making a film? You should submit it to blah, blah, blah festival. Like, right. everyone says that. Everyone has a film festival for you to go to. Yeah. yeah. Because they believe as well that making it in a film festival is how you become successful. Right. You know, it's no different than, oh man, yeah, you should send your shit to BET. You know right. what I mean? You should send your shit to MTV, man. They'll play your video. Yeah, like why don't you have a why don't you have a record label? Yeah. A record deal yet. Yeah, yeah it's I, that it's that mindset. Yeah. yeah. All you gotta do is just send it to them. Yeah. They have no idea like how difficult it is, uh how the, the gatekeeper process. So it's just like, man, look, I'm not, nah, man, this yeah. shit is not fun. I'm not I'm not trying to do that. I'm gonna take it directly to the people, man. Yeah. So uh that's what I let cats know, and uh, it's a lot, been a good amount of interest. But just the whole pricing thing of it, like how do you price a, a movie screening with right. a Q&A versus a show where it's kind of different, and, but it's mm-hmm. kind of the same. Choosing venues, we have to start all over again. Some right. venues are strictly for movies, some are not. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how, do you, how do you do that? Because you're going to take some L's because the, the money thing is not right. what it is to you know it's different for what we do on a regular tour yeah, it's different. It's screenings you know we don't have the market so it's gonna be building i'm just gonna go out there and get my oscar me show on man you know what I mean? <laughs> you've been reading yeah 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 <laughs> i've been up on oscar me show man you better get up on oscar me show you know he, he's the og uh you know what i'm saying the og before spike lee uh, there was oscar me show yeah that's yeah. a dope name too you know what i'm saying fly french joint you mm. know what i'm saying but yeah this week 
Yeah. The Super Duty Tough Work Podcast. Word. We in the house. In your life. Word. And uh, the this most is infamous. Yes. This is a special uh, episode. It's kind of different. We changed the format. Word. And uh, this week, this is a, uh, we got like an interview I did with a friend of mine. Her name is April Kosar. April is a, well, she used to be a booking, uh, a talent buyer at uh, Brothers Drake. Okay. And now she, she doesn't do that anymore. She did that for like four or five years. And now she's uh, just manages bands in Columbus. And uh, she's got some ill experiences but i thought it would be good to have her on to address the question of how management finds talent Mm. because we talk to people all the time and some people like yeah well you know my manager said this or i want a manager how do i decide if i get a manager what should i be looking for and they never really really ask the question well what does matt what do managers look for in you right because most artists like to believe that they choose their managers, but they have no idea that managers actually choose them. Oh, yeah. So we got like, I mean, I got like a, a interview with her. We're going to play. And then during this interview, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to go through that. She's going to walk me through everything that she's been going through the last, you know, three, four years dealing with bands. And um, we're going to summarize it all. And uh, we'll be right back. Work. We got you stuck off the realness, the most infamous, you heard of us, official podcast murderers, the show comes equipped with few points to share, grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow, so go ahead and download, every single week with a brand new episode, you're not alone in this world cousin, so we share information and honest discussion, and keep repping the culture, like we supposed to, they spread gossip but they never come close to, I can hear it inside their tone, they talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole network against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Uh, are you recording now? <laughs> yes, yes. Once again, it's on. <laughs> I hope you've got enough tape for like 11 hours. <laughs> oh, I totally do. We, I think we're incapable of having a short conversation. So I, I think I, I think I should have enough time for this one. I think so. <laughs> Good thing you came over so late tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'm here with April Kosar, my friend and uh, in the biz. And uh, did I pronounce your last name wrong? You, Kolsar, you pronounced Kolsar? it correctly, and okay. you're one of maybe three people in my life. That's you gave me the that. look. I was like, damn, did I pronounce it? I gave you the look of, <laughs> holy crap, you said it right. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I'm here with April Kosar, my friend, and I'll call her uh, my comrade in the music industry. Hell yeah, I like that. You know, my fellow <laughs> comrade. And uh, April, I've known for quite a, lo- a while, and she right now manages bands artists in the city of columbus and i'm having a conversation with her because you know i often hear a lot of artists talk about i need a manager i want a manager if i only had a manager then i could xyz you know and they ask me print do you have a manager and i say no 
They said, well, you have a booking agent? I said, yeah, I have a booking agent. I don't have a manager. They said, why don't you get a manager? I said, well, you know, at some point I may get a manager, but right now I'm okay with the work level I have. I can handle it, but I'm not against it. I just don't think I need it yet. And uh, they're usually shocked by that, that I guess maybe I can handle all of my business. But I don't recommend against managers in most instances. I do for some newer artists who haven't learned what it means to be an artist. Uh, because I think that they can tend to uh, put too much on managers. But today I want to talk to uh, April about, you know, how artists are chosen by managers, because a lot of time artists tend to phrase it like I'm going to go get a manager. They think it's a one way street where they basically find a manager to do all the shit that they don't want to do. And very rarely do they talk about, OK, well, what is the manager looking for in an artist? And so April has managed many bands over the last few years. And uh, so we're going to talk to her about like what she goes through and, and what what it is that she sees when she's selecting bands. And then we're and then we're going to also get into reasons why she stays away from certain bands or artists near the end. But so first, I think it's the first thing is maybe uh, describe, uh, you know, how you got into managing bands, if you will. I got into managing bands. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I guess you sort of just fall into what you do, right? Like whatever you're meant to do, you it finds you, right? Yeah. And I was working with some artists in the city years ago, selling merch, promoting shows, and just through all of that trial and error of, you know, testing the waters of what I was good at, what I wasn't good at, I, I started realizing that I have a knack for strategy, big picture, um, organization, and kind of being the person that like, if you come to me with your, you know, your bag full of trash and push it across the table, I can like sift through it <laughs> and say, okay, here's what you should keep, here's what should go, here's what you should work on ABC and, and things like that. So. Um, I, I don't know. I just have a, a knack of looking at a situation and kind of knowing what to do with it and if something should be done with it also. And, you know, that's up for debate too. But <laughs> I think that, you know, there's many different routes you can go in the music industry and, and also many different reasons people create music and art. And, you know, it doesn't always have to involve business and financial gain and whatnot too so i guess it's more like a addressing what your goals are and then determining if i can help you succeed in reaching those goals yeah. and it's funny that you you said immediately you know um like why managers choose their artists and how there's all these artists running around saying hey i need a manager hey i need a manager and these are sentences that are very close to my uh interest because i get approached a lot and they'll say i need a manager maybe it's you i kind of want it to be you but then i also think that maybe i'm the only manager they know <laughs> in columbus because i'm there's plenty out there yeah um and and like a good manager you're kind of staying behind the scenes anyway so you don't even know if they exist but uh i always like to believe and i do believe that artists don't find managers managers do find their artists i agree totally and it's because you it's kind of like when a band leader is you know looking for a bandmate mm -hmm. you 
it has to feel right. You have to believe in it. You have to think that it fits into a bigger plan. And there's just a lot that goes into choosing it. And a manager is the most thankless job out there because you're not just a manager. You're a confidant. You're, um, you know, you're a friend and you're a psychologist and you're holding the bail money sometimes, you know, I mean, there's just so many roles that you play in an artist's life and it can consume your own life that if you're going to take that on and that responsibility among many others, then it's, it's a great weight on your shoulders and you can't just do it for anybody. Oh, I agree. Totally. So there's a lot of criteria that yeah. goes into choosing those people. And there's, it seems like there's also the factor of that. What some artists fail to see is that to be noticed by a manager, you have to have already been doing a certain level of work. Absolutely. And I think they tend to think that I don't have a manager simply because I haven't met them because, you know, I'm just going to go pick my manager. No, actually, the managers probably knew who you were long before you were in a situation where you had the option to work with them. Absolutely. And I think that most people who manage would would tell you that, oh, yeah, I saw them coming up in the ranks. I like what they were doing without me. And maybe I thought, how far can we go if I assist them on that journey? Exactly. And so like with with the first band, do you feel like uh, let's let's get into like what what did you see in them that they were doing right that made you want to work with them? I think the first band that I worked with in a management capacity, it was, first of all, the talent. Um, I thought that the music was far advanced beyond other things that I'd seen in the area. And I honestly was watching them perform live thinking, how has no one else picked this up? And, and why aren't they further along? And, and, you know, I mean, you know, once you really sit down, you, you learn why these bands aren't further along, but the whole point is that you combine forces in order to move it further along. Right. Um, but it, it was the talent. And I think that, there, there definitely was an epiphany moment where I was watching them play over at Fourth Street on a local love CD 1025 event on Thursdays that they used to have. And I just thought, my God, this song is like a number one radio hit. Why isn't it on the radio? Maybe I can help get that there. Um, you know, why hasn't this band ever played outside of Columbus? Maybe I can help get them there. You know, it, it just I think that when I see there's work to be done and I can do it, you know, I want to be able to see that there's things that I can add to a situation like you had said, you know, I mean, if you already have everything going on and you, like you're saying too, you know, if you're self-managing and you're actually executing, well then what's the point of me? You know, I yeah. think that I, I want to know that I can add to your situation because I like to work and I don't want to sit around and have nothing to do. And I also don't want to sit around being like waiting, being told what to do. I have ideas and I have connections and I have things that we can do. And if there's nothing to accomplish, then, you know, why would I even bother? And so I kind of like a band that's at the beginning. I am very kind of bottom level grassroots. I like to to definitely take something or take nothing and make it into something. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that I, I you know, I, I'm going to like make it, you know, literally like overnight success and overnight stardom or something. I'm not going to say that that's what I'm there to do, but I'll definitely, once I'm done with you, like make you better than where you were before. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, and we had talked about before we started, um, another trait you mentioned was like, not just 
the music that they have, but what they are about to create. I love to hear you speak about like, what is your expectation as far as like what a band should be doing to, in terms of like their, their output? What do you, what do you feel about that? Well, I personally, um, I mean, there's so many different types of managers and, and I know that some will like to give you direction and so much direction that they'll want to get into the recording process with you and the writing process. And they'll want to, you know, direct you and like arrange your tunes and, and tell you like the types of songs you should be writing and, you know, the, the aesthetic you should be going for. I tend to, I already like what you have Mm -hmm. and I know how much pressure and like distractions, all the other work off stage and, you know, off your instrument can detract away from you being the best creative person you can be so i want to take as much pressure off of you as possible in all that other regard so that you can just focus on you know getting what's inside of you out because i like to i personally like to recognize people that i think are unique or have something special or different to say and um you know i just want to take the pressure off you so that you can be the best you can be so i'm not looking for a specific like genre or style or sound i listen to all types of music Um, you just want them to be free to create whatever it is they do absolutely exactly And, and the reason that's important that some people may overlook is because when you're an artist the more art you create the more opportunity you create Right. Whether that be shows, whether that be income streams, whether that be merchandising, um, an artist who doesn't create a lot, they actually give their management very little to manage. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's it's weird. I've heard that from you. I heard it from a couple other managers a couple years back. And one of their main complaints about a, a, a group they were managing was that this person i had to stop managing them because there was no music and i it had never dawned on me before and i was like you know what you're right because i guess i i'm kind of a prolific guy you know and i never imagined that not how how detrimental it is to just not put out anything for a long time like some of these people who have booking agents and managers and all these people in place and uh it's crazy well as you know like it's like it starts with the art and it ends or you know a next phase of it begins with sharing the art and releasing the art and until you've created that art i don't have a job like there's nothing for me to do your booking agent can't book you a tour if you don't have any new songs to share and you know a a pr company can't release old music they want to release new music uh and you know the manager is managing all those people and and i definitely went through that situation not too long ago where uh i you know i was waiting for the artists to finish their record and I was sitting around for months, like just, you know, kind of trying to every day wake up and think, what can I do for this band today while I'm waiting on this record? And there were a couple things, but I had definitely found myself exhausting all of my opportunities until that music got in my hands. And Mm. I was just like waiting for those masters to arrive so that I could start sending it out to get feedback, you know, from different people in the industry. And it it was a struggle and, and it was frustrating because I, 
felt like I was sitting around with nothing to do, you know, and which is then in turn why I like I started looking at other artists to pick up because I was like, okay, well, is there someone else that is in a place where they might need me to help them, you know, create some opportunities and and then that's you know, actually how I started picking up a second and a third artist at that point, because I, I can't, it's just my nature, you know, not everyone's the same, but it's my nature that I can't just sit around and, and I'm also not trying to force like a square peg into a round hole, you know, I mean, if I don't have anything new to, to, to share with the world, then they don't care. I mean, you know how the, the consumer culture is right now. I mean, they're always on to the next thing and the new thing. So unless you have the next thing or the new thing, then they don't care. Yeah. (laughs) And and I've noticed as well, there are certain bands in every music scene who they have a, almost like a, a trajectory where they're coming up, they're doing great. They release their first record. Then they start to play a lot of shows as they start to play a lot of shows, their musical output kind of declines. And then they almost it's almost like they fall in love with the ability to make a quick 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there and play three, four times a month as opposed to trying to drop something uh, that would allow them to just boost up levels. You know, if you drop a great record, you don't have to play five times a month, right? You can play once every quarter, twice a year, whatever. And you know that your draw will be there. I've always thought that was weird. Um, but I've, I've seen a lot of bands do it. How have you ever had to deal with that? And have you ever had to like have those conversations about, look, you know, the live show is important to retain our fans. It is important to impress new fans, but let's make sure that we never forget about what kind of got us here. I have dealt with that. And I think that my experience because of um, the level that I tend to work on is, and maybe this is what you're talking about. Like bands, local bands anyways, they don't really have the luxury of choosing if they're going to just record an album and and focus on like recording and releasing for a period of time and not playing shows. Um, or if they're going to just, just play shows for a long time and, and not worry about recording, like they do have to prioritize and cause they're not making all their money off of their music yet. You know, they've got day jobs, um, or they don't have anyone like record sales, aren't funding the recording and production of their next record. So there's a lot of reasons why you decide, like we got to go play a bunch of shows now, or, you know, we get to not play shows now. We don't need that revenue stream. Right. Or we do need that revenue stream. And I've certainly had to, to book bands. Like when we've said, no, we're going to take time off of, of playing shows because we have to buckle down and finish this record. But then there's been times that I've had to break that rule because we needed to go make some money yep. to finish the record, to fund you know? It. Yep. And, and it sucks truly because it will mess with your strategy and you can have the perfect plan and you know that your plan is perfect if only these other, you know, factors weren't into play. But that's what I mean by it's like if you're, you know, a national touring act that's selling a bunch of records and, you know, getting placements and you have all this revenue and you are a full time musician, you've got, you know, a huge crew and you are making money and there's money in the bank sitting there waiting to be spent, then you can sort of sit there and decide when you do what. But when you're still up and coming, you're 
kind of just trying to do whatever you can at all times. And like you, you're, you know, you said that you're prolific. I know bands that like by the time they release and you're the same way. I know we've talked about this. Like by the time they release an album, they already have their second record, you know, about to be mixed and mastered. And they're thinking about releasing that too, because, you know, they're just like always writing and always releasing and they're not even so much focused on the playing or anything. I don't know. It, I think yeah. everyone's, everyone's uh everyone's road is different and and that's kind of where the manager comes into play too and i think that what you know as we're saying like a lot of artists think that a manager is going to come in and just like apply like they see oh you're doing this with this band i want to be like that band i want their success i want their opportunities can you come over here and just you know do that to us yeah and we'll know because your journey and your productivity and your process and and your factors and all the things that go on in your life and your art is so different than these people it's true that your road's going to be different and i can't like there's certainly crossover but it's not going to be the same and who's to say that they would want to do what the other band is doing Exactly. If they were presented that thing, they might say, you know what? That's not us. Yeah. We're not willing to do what they're doing to get what they got. Yeah. What what fits us best? This dog is that barking. Uh, your, your, your neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Your neighbors' pits. Mad dogs. <laughs> Mad dogs. <laughs> In the hood, man. All right, man. So, uh, yeah, we back. Word. We're back, back, back. And uh, this first segment, uh, we're going to summarize what was heard. Uh, during during that interview and uh, I hope people are getting something out of it but just to make it clear you know we got 10 you know points that we've extracted 10 bullets 10 bullet joints and uh, we're gonna run down through the first six which are uh, in that first part of the interview and uh, I'll start with number one uh, which is how managers choose talent and number one is that they see there is a need mm-hmm. um, she spoke quite a great deal about like not wanting to um, choose a band that doesn't feel they need management doesn't want management has nothing that actually needs managed mm-hmm. you know you have to have business to have someone manage that business right. and uh you gotta be doing something yeah <laughs> yeah come on now what am i managing yeah what are you doing that, yeah. that needs management <laughs> yeah yeah and she gets in that she says she's the first question she asks people when they um when they uh ask her about managing them is what do you have that needs managed right and so the ones who aren't prepared just kind of get stuck yeah you know but the well ones who, my career <laughs> right just real general <laughs> right. shit you know and so uh so that's number one you know uh yeah see that there is need and mm-hmm. uh you know on logic and i we have to say you know neither of us have managers right. he had a manager a management for a while i've never had a manager mm-hmm. i've you know running a label is kind of like being a manager right. but and right now neither of us do so we're coming from a different perspective uh right. so you'll hear this and that's so number two is uh talent what can you say man? i mean is it good or is it bad <laughs> Can you rap? Can you sing? Can you play instruments? Do you write good songs? Yes or no? Yeah, it's that simple, right? <laughs> like, do you have talent? Right. Are I mean, you good? Of all the things, like, and, and, and not that talent is the only thing, but it's important. It's very important. You know, because that's what attracts them to you. And that's what attracts other people to you. Yes. And that's how managers make money, is people being attracted to you. Say it again. <laughs> if no one's attracted to you, your manager don't make money, and you don't make money. Come on now. Yeah, so. Yeah, man. So that's number two. Mm-hmm. And uh, number three, and this is a, this is a good one. Um, 
room to grow. Uh, management wants to see potential in an artist. Uh, they want to know that an act that they are choosing to represent has not plateaued. Right. You know, um, a lot of artists may think, you know, oh, I've been doing this wild long and of course I can get a manager. The problem with that is sometimes the longer you've been doing that, if you're not showing progression over those years, whether it's a manager, whether it's a booking agent, some of them are not going to deal with you because they don't see that progress. Right. And it's your job to show them your progress mm -hmm. if that's what you want to attract. Word. So that's number three. Mm -hmm. Number four lesson from, uh, you know, uh, the first part of this and how managers choose talent is they want an artist who can focus on the art. Yeah. They don't want somebody that's going to be doing their job for them. Right. Why would you want a manager if you want to do their job? Yeah. You know, so you need something that need managed. <laughs> right, right, right. As we said before. So, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, these situations cause conflict. And, and you know, she, she gets into that where we talk about like uh, the conflict between um, artists who don't, you know, who, who have management, but almost like resent the management or don't let the management do what they are there to do. And then it creates this inner turmoil within within mm -hmm. that relationship. Instead of, you know what? This is what you're good at. I trust you to do it. I'm going to fall back. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it's very important. Yes. Uh, the fifth point is that the artists have a unique point of view or voice. Yeah. Not like everybody else. Something different. Something interesting for the manager to manage. Say Something it. that they're interested in. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just sound like everybody else right. and want someone to buy into you or, or invest into your future, which is what a manager is doing. You got to have a unique voice, a unique point of view so that when they see you, they're like, oh, snap, right. that shit's hot. Let me holler at them. Who's working with them? Do they have a manager? Where can this thing go? You know, and uh, the last thing from this first segment is creative output. Um, you got to have output. As you said, output creates opportunity. Right. It creates fans. Mm -hmm. And if you're not creating nothing, how do people get paid? Right. Yourself included. Right. You know. So how do they manage? What do they manage? Come on. <laughs> Can you drop an album every couple years? Yeah, at least. At some time? At least. Please make something. Right. So we can make some money, you know, together. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of a lot of artists um, uh, they think that the ma it's the manager's job to create and to, to guide them through the output. It's like, no, nah, man, your manager should be able to hold down the business while you focus on creating things. Right. And uh, that's how you, you create that relationship. It's really complimentary. And so uh, that's the first six joints. Word. Word. We'll take a break. Uh -huh. Over the last several months, as the podcast has been growing, people have been asking how they can support the Super Duty Tough Work podcast. Well, Here's three simple ways to support the podcast. Number one, spread the word. This is the easiest and most effective way to support the podcast. In fact, it's free and doesn't cost you a thing. So there's no reason not to do it. If you're listening to us and like what we do, please take a couple of seconds and share the podcast on your social media pages. So whether you have Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, it's highly likely that you've got some friends who share similar interests and tastes and would dig the podcast too. That helps bring more listeners to the podcast and it helps us grow. The second way 
you can help support Super Duty Tough Work is to comment and rate. Now, if you're on iTunes or you have an iTunes account, give your boys that five-star rating. We need that. The more five-star ratings and comments we have, the higher our show ranks and the easier it becomes for people to find it. If you're on SoundCloud, there's a heart icon next to each episode on the left side. That's the like button. Hit that like button while you're listening. Also, add a comment while you're listening and join the discussion. All feedback is welcome. The third way you can support the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, the most valuable podcast on planet Earth, is to support our music. As you know, Illogic and I are artists. We both put out albums. Illogic makes albums. Buy his albums. I make albums and books. Anytime you support our music, you are supporting the making of the show. You can find my music, books, and t-shirts at waitlist.net. That's the word, waitlist.net. Go there, pick up something, and know that what you spent your money on is an investment back into creative projects like Super Duty Tough Work. In fact, I have a sale going on right now where you can get all three of my books for just $25. I'll even sign the books for you if you request it in your order form. So there you have it. That's three separate ways you can support the podcast. The first two cost you nothing. We thank you for your support already. Back to the show. No, that's awesome. I, I like to get into like um, factors too, because like you talked about just seeing a band, hearing their music. After you see a band, you hear their music, um, assuming, you know, sometimes you were doing merch for them, sometimes you knew them through other ways. Um, is there a period where you're kind of like meeting them, getting a gauge for like their, their personalities? Because I mean, how important is personality or disposition with like bands that you choose to manage? Um, I have learned through, you know, through success and failure that personality is actually high priority. Um, because like I said, you are very intimately working with these people 24, seven, 365 in a lot of ways. And, um, you have to get along and you have to find your, uh, you know, you got to find out how you're going to fit into this person's life, not just professionally, but personally. And if you don't get along and you don't, there isn't this level of respect and and understanding and and you know patience for the process and and everything that you need to have a good working relationship then it's you're not going to succeed you know you're not going to achieve the goals that you want and um i've definitely worked with some people that have been difficult personalities and and i because i know artists are artists and i have Mm -hmm. compassion and patience for who they are and i i like i don't ever try to change people Um, so I tend to try to always start with myself and adapt to them and try to, you know, think, okay, well, how can I best work around them to work with them? And then, you know, there's certainly been times where I've changed my process multiple times and adapted to them multiple times. And then it just, something just still wasn't connecting. And I had to, you know, sort of acknowledge that and say, well, maybe this just isn't the best fit, you know? I mean, just because I like the music and I and I care about these people and I want to see them succeed and I wish the best for them and we were able to do a few things together, 
it doesn't mean that it's forever. And maybe this is as far as it had to go, you know? And, yeah. and again, like I learned a lot about myself in that process. I'm sure they learned about what they want and who they are and what they need next. You know, I mean, I don't think that every business relationship or working relationship has to be forever. Yeah. Um, I think it's more or less that you just want to make sure that when you do walk away, that you walk away on the best terms that you possibly can. I agree. <laughs> kind of what I always try to go for. And it kind of dispels the belief with a lot of artists that simply having the music is all it takes. Oh, I mean, I, I told you earlier today, I thought that, you know, and I mean, I've been like making up my career as I go. So I'm learning too. And, and I did think that having the music and the talent is all it takes, but you know, it, we definitely know that you can have all the work ethic and a little bit of talent and far surpass people that have all the talent and no work ethic. Say it again for the people in the back. I, I don't think the people in the back heard you, April. You I think they can again. rewind it. There's like a rewind button on the that people back. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yes, yeah, we gotta bring that one back. That was, yeah, that was a bar. That's the truth. And I just, I don't know. I think that, honestly though, I think when I, when I was young and green and naive in this industry, I would criticize people that, uh, you know, like I would criticize artists that I thought were not talented, but somehow got all these opportunities. <laughs> and now that I'm, you know, tried and true and I get it, I'm like, yeah, I, it really is work ethic and I cannot knock those bands anymore. I can't knock mm -hmm. those artists who I don't think are that talented and they're, you know, other people are writing their music and, you know, there's all these other stuff that goes into it. I cannot get mad at them anymore because I'm like, the hustle is what gets you places. And I will always respect the hustle, honestly, at this point, more than I respect the art because uh. there are so many artists and there are so many great artists, but if you can't like line up your shit, <laughs> like, and you can't wake up every day and want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to get your art out there, and or you're waiting for someone else to pick it up and put it out there, you know, instead of you doing it, like, you have to be your loudest promoter. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. You have to be the, the number one and number five person that's telling right. everyone that you exist. And you know? not your manager. And not your manager. Right? Like that, that sentence hints to the essence of what a manager is and isn't. The manager is not your street team. They're not out there. I mean, they may promote you when they can, when appropriate, and their job is to make you successful, but you don't hire a manager. You don't get into an, a, a deal with a manager because you expect them to stand on a corner at midnight with a poster, you know, promoting your album because you expect them to work harder than you. You expect them to be working while you're asleep. That's the wrong way to approach it. You always have to be your number one promoter. You are the biggest person, the biggest advocate you have. And no one can sell you like you can sell you, you know? Exactly. And uh, I think there's a lot of times when artists will, they'll get a manager with the wrong assumption. They'll think that I need someone. They really want an assistant. They really want Absolutely. someone to do. That's exactly what they want. <laughs> they want. They want an intern. Yep. They don't want a manager. Nope. And so when they get a manager, they don't want to let the manager tell them how things should go. They don't want to give the manager any authority to make the the last call, uh, the best decision for the for the 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 the, the, the artist. They don't want to give them that much authority. But they want that manager to jump when they say jump. They want them to do what they say do. They want them to do a bunch of menial tasks that they don't want to do. 
They'll have their managers signing posters for them, doing all kind of shit that they should be doing yep. for themselves. You know, will you just answer my comments on Twitter for me? I don't feel like looking at my Twitter feed and talking to my fans. My manager will do it. No, you should be doing that in your unique voice. And that really gets us into where like a lot of people are are, are failing with managers because of of bad expectations. Word. All right. Back in the place. Yes. Back in the place. The most infamous. The most infamous. Yeah, we want to thank y'all for listening to, uh, you know, this change of format this week. Hey, man. Got to switch it up. Yeah, keep cats on your toes. On your toes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we're going to talk about the... uh, The The next segment? Yeah, the next segment and the lessons from that. We we got two and a lot just going to talk about what those two uh, things are. Word. So, number seven is personality. They want what? Personality. You mean you just can't be a, a lump on a frog on a, on a log, a bump on a log? Is yeah, that a lump of coal just sitting there. You gotta be, you gotta be something that people want to see. Charisma. You know, gotta have some charisma. Gotta have yeah. some excitement about you. Can't be a jerk. Nah, you can't be a jerk. Gotta be able to get along with people. Yes, people be- gotta like you. Yeah, gotta be likable. <laughs> Come on. How else do we make money? Yes, being liked. <laughs> Not being jerks. Right. You got to be liked. You know, you got to have some personality. Yeah, man. Because music and talent is not enough. No, it's not. Because you can have great music. You can be talented as hell. But if you a jerk, nobody likes you. Facts. You're going to be sitting on the sideline. Tell them. Tell them. Word. All Um, right. And number eight. Willing to promote themselves. Ooh, that's a big one. It's big. Yeah, because a lot of people get managers and they just don't want to do nothing. Yeah, they think the manager is supposed to do it. Everything you got that dog. Yeah, hold that down. Oh, thank you, fam. I'm gonna be over here. <laughs> call me back after you made me a star. Right. Yeah. Call me after you <laughs> put that on Facebook. Too. Right. <laughs> Is that on the management Facebook let me, page? Yeah. Let me know you got a check for me. Word. Word. <laughs> yeah. I'll be, over, I'll be over here posting about my dinner. Right. Right. <laughs> Snapchat my, my walking my dog. Random yeah, shit. Snapchatting my lunch. Yeah. 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 While you handle my career. I'm gonna do this random shit that don't make nobody no money. Right. But no, it's it's really it's it's not the manager's job to promote. And you could hear she spoke really deep about how like it's a relationship where yes, the manager's job is to to handle all the opportunity that comes to you, but it's not solely their job to create opportunity. Mm -hmm. Your talent creates opportunity. Your vision creates opportunity and your manager helps you execute that. And uh that's the last two from that one. Word. Okay, yeah, so we'll uh we'll take a break. What's up, everybody? Blueprint here to remind you that my latest project, the Vigilante Genesis EP, is available right now on Weightless Recordings. The EP is a collaboration between myself and my friend Aesop Rock, which features myself on the rhymes and Aesop Rock on production. If you are a fan of concept albums, comic books, or just good old hip hop, then this EP is for you. Vigilante Genesis is available on signed CD, blue vinyl, and deluxe digital exclusively at waitlist.net. So order your copy today. Thanks again for your support. I want to get into what you mentioned earlier that like you're having uh, great success and you manage some great bands now. Uh, I want to get into like what we mentioned earlier of like now you're at the point where there are many bands seeing your work and approaching you what is it 
that name some of the things that make you actually stay away from certain bands like is there is there like what do you see in a band that approaches you to make you say you know what maybe they're not ready yet maybe this isn't a good fit what are some of the things you see sort of what you addressed with the thinking that I'm going to come in and just make it happen for them and you know I certainly want to see that they've been making things happen on their own for a while that the work ethic has been there that they've been achieving goals and and getting opportunities without a manager that you know every minute that they're not writing or performing that they are you know filling in the gaps and booking shows and getting their music on the radio or looking for press they're doing it without someone so i i know that when i come in i I would reasonably expect that they're not going to get lazy you know because my favorite artists are the ones that like you were saying earlier too the ones that like they were up all night having all these ideas and whether they waited till the morning or not, like they reached out to me immediately and said, hey, I've got these ideas. How can you help me make this happen? You know, like I don't I can't have the ideas for you. And I have a lot of ideas and I will bring them to the table, but I can't have all your ideas. I can't create you as an artist. I don't want to do that. So I want to like I absolutely want to see that you have an identity. You have a direction. You have you know, you have the work ethic and you just need an extra pair of hands and an extra set of eyes and a different set of ears to see it from a different perspective because artists do, you know, everyone does see it from their own, their own angle and artists, especially because, you know, and nothing against this, but the ego and, you know, that it, that what is all centered around being an artist, they can only see it from their view. You bring in someone else that has this outside perspective and they can see it from a different way and they know the business more than you. And so they can lend that voice and that, that you know, that wisdom and knowledge of, well, this is how things work. If I identify in, like I'll have coffee meetings with artists multiple times a week and I'll be vetting them and they don't know it. And they mm. might be vetting me and they might think I don't know it, but I definitely know it. <laughs> and, you know, I'll be sitting there and I'll just sort of listen to the, the things that they tell me about who they are and what they're trying to accomplish. And, and I'll know right away if they have a sense of, how this all works and how it should work and what direction they're trying to go in. And I, I mean, there's definitely some red flags and and I don't have a problem with saying, Hey, not today. Um, or, you know, maybe not right now. Uh, but I, I think that again, like we're saying, like there's all these misconceptions of who an artist or who a manager is, what a manager does and what they should be doing. And, and unless you have that, that like blunt conversation up front with, here are my goals, here what I want to achieve, here's how I think you fit into the team, then, you know, lines can get crossed and the the end result might not end up being, you know, what you wanted it to be. And so I think that those clear expectations need to be set up front. And I mean, I've dealt with that too, where, you know, I look back and I think, oh my God, I, I did all this stuff and I accomplished all these goals, but yet somehow I feel like I failed. And, and because like, you know, maybe they don't feel fulfilled, but, um, you know, they also didn't set me up in the beginning and tell me what fulfillment meant. You yeah. Know? How 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 rare is it or how common is it for a band to really have like a, a, a goal like that, to be as organized, to have that kind of conversation with you to say, you know what? Because I find that when I talk to people, I try to tell them to have a, a goal, even if it's, say, one year, say, look, I play this. Uh, I want to play that event next summer. 
I want to play that room next year. I'm playing this room. I want to play that room. Or I'm not getting play on this uh, outlet. I want to be getting played on this outlet. Things like that. Do you find that rare or common in, in a lot of the artists you, you've dealt with? I think that it's, that's tough. It can go either way, but I think it's more common because you know, and you're an artist and, and you have eyes and you say, I want that. I want that. I want this. I want to be on here. I want to have that. So you certainly have all these ideas of what you want and but maybe you just don't know how to get it. And so, yeah, I mean, even if they don't come to the table and we sit down in a formal way and, you know, they, they say, now, here's my list of things I want to accomplish. And um, and here's my organized way of saying I want this in a year. I want this in three. I want this in ten. Um, they're constantly reaching out to me and asking me, Hey, how do I get this? Do you have this? Do you like, you know, how do you do these things with these people and and how did they get this? And, you know, so I think that everybody knows what they want. Yeah. Um, but I hate to say this, like I made it up all as I went and I didn't ask anybody how to get something. Um, and not everyone's like that. Right. But you know, when I have a question, Man, we got that internet, you know? Yeah, if you want it bad enough, you'll figure out how to get it. <laughs> you literally have to like type in the words that are in your head into that box. Yeah. And you don't even have to have like formal English and you were going to get the answer to your question. So if it's something like, you know, how do I apply to this festival or how do I get a record deal? Yeah. You know, like the internet will tell you. And, you know, some people just like they don't operate where they're capable of or willing to like do that minimal amount of the work yeah, they would rather yeah. ask someone else to go do that for them because yeah. it becomes that whole like let me google that for yeah. you right you know summarize it for me get back to me and let me know what yeah. you, you tell me how to do it i don't feel yeah. like doing that and i think that might be that might be one of my biggest red flags right there actually yeah. is like when i have a conversation with an artist and instead of them automatically knowing like there's this whole world of information out there and here's how you can get these answers to your questions. They're asking me instead. Yeah. You know, when, like you said, you don't need a manager because you can go do these things without one, you know, or if you find that you need support in some way, like you need booking support, you find a booking agent, you need a publicist, you find a publicist, you know, like the manager technically is supposed to be managing all of those things. I always say when, when this is my, my first question, when someone says, hey, I'm looking for a manager, I'm interested in you managing me, I say, well, do you have something to manage? Yeah, what needs managed? What needs managed? Or do you have business? Yeah. Are, are there things that's coming in that need someone to be managed? Exactly. As opposed to, I need you to generate some business. Yes, there you go. <laughs> for me and manage completely that. Completely different. Two, <laughs> two completely two different, different things. things. And yeah. I think a lot of people think manager's job is to create Yes. Not to manage. Yeah. I think if a manager is strictly left to manage, that's when they're at their best. Yeah. And I think that's also like you're saying, when expectations are actually at their best and yes. people don't fall out. Because if if you know at a time, look, my job is not to create business. Your job is to be an amazing artist, create interest, and I will manage that interest. I will manage the business that comes in as a result of that. And then you'll be able to do your thing. I'll be able to do mine. We won't step on each other's toes and we'll have uh, expectations that are, are mutual. We'll be on the same page. I think everyone gets along fine. Yeah. But I think like you're saying, some people are just, hey, I want a manager. What needs managed? Me. 
Yeah, it, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'm an alcoholic. I like to drink too much and I can't finish my album. You know, I'm always chasing skirts and I'm falling out and fighting with the band. I need a manager. <laughs> Oh, I've I've worked with a few of those. <laughs> they want they need a they need a counselor. They don't need a damn exactly. manager. <laughs> you need counseling. You need therapy, dog. Exactly. You don't need a manager. <laughs> but no, that's wild, man. So when when people when bands are having a conversation with you and you're just like, you know what, I can't uh, pick you up right now. I'm dealing with S and Y and Z bands. How are you then? Because we talked about this a little earlier. So let's say you've got all these bands and now you're prioritizing. What what have what skills have you learned that have helped you kind of prioritize the businesses, the business that you're managing from these bands in terms of from simple things from time management or just like how you handle certain processes? Um, I think that that's an interesting question because I've actually learned a lot in the last year. Um, I've gone through a lot of highs and lows on a personal and professional level. And I think because of all that I went through, I absolutely have kind of settled into, um, what I'm willing to do, what I'm not willing to do, who I'm willing to put up with and not. And really the strongest thing that I learned was the ability to say no. And, um, I have this in, like seriously deep messed up sometimes need to help everybody and I can't help everybody. I'm one person. I only have a certain amount of time and energy, um, to give, let alone, you know, give to the world, let alone myself. And, you know, if you're not giving to yourself, you can't give to anybody else. So, um, I spent years, you know, putting everybody else first and depleting my energy and, um, you know, and then finding myself in a place where I couldn't give to anyone at all because mm. I had nothing left and I had to figure out a way of, you know, resetting and recharging and figuring out, okay, well, you know, who stays, who goes, how do I move forward? And um, I think that really learning what my interests are and what I want to do instead and instead of like what I don't want to do because like you're saying you know there's there's actually so many things that a manager can do there's a lot of things a manager should do shouldn't do and really it is tailored to the artist because you can have some artists where you are literally doing every single thing including typing out their twitter yeah. you know and and facebook messages for them and then some who are doing all of that and you're kind of sitting around you know doing these other things i mean every single situation is going to be different as long as it works and everyone's happy and everyone keeps moving forward and they're successful and everyone's comfortable with the relationship no one can tell you you know what's like if it's good or not or if it's best or not that's you know? a great way to look at it. um and and so i mean i have different relationships and different levels of work with different artists you know i have yeah. some where i'm very hands-off and and i wait every day for the direction you know if they say hey can you do this for me today great or i have artists where i gotta wake up and i have to go chase things and you know or chase opportunities for them and and it's fine as long as i'm comfortable with like this is this is the way that i know the the relationship to be and I'm confident that that's okay. And I don't feel like I'm being used or abused or taken advantage of because they are also equally pulling their weight in whatever department that they have to be executing into, yeah. you know? Um, but I think, you know, the, the strongest things that I've learned is, you know, after a lot of trial and error of working with multiple bands over the years, definitely honing in on like 
who I want to work with and most importantly the work ethic it is it's like I can't just make it happen for you um you have to be willing to and I say this all the time like I can't work harder for your dream than you're working harder or as hard for it like you have to wake up and you have to be working for your it's your name it's your brand it's your image it's your legacy it's your wikipedia page you know i'm gonna be a footnote you know you're the headline like i can't be working for your headline you know i gotta be working for mine essentially so i i can't like i can't just put all my shit on the line and forget about me for you and you sit there and not think yeah. about anything and they own it anyway and then they own it anyway They're, they they oh. should take the most pride in it <laughs> uh, they should yeah. take the most pride in it it shouldn't have to be where you're making them get up and do all that shit yeah and and put nah i agree so I, I, this is probably. I hope uh, I answered your question. Did I? I yeah, you feel did. like I. Yeah, yeah. You know me. I tangent. Like, I don't know <laughs> where a lot I of go. bars in there. A lot of bars. I don't know where I go. Sometimes. Lots of bars in there. No, uh, so this is probably. This might be the last question. So this one is, if 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 people were to ask you, okay, I'm an artist. What what should I be doing right now to, or what should I be focusing on to attract? people like a booking agent like a manager to want to work with me what should i be working on what would you tell them or focusing on to attract a manager or to attract yeah, a booking just, agent just, well, any or whatever it is that you want yeah like other people in the in, in the industry who can assist you on your journey i think you have to strongly be exhibiting that you're doing that role yourself that's number one um you can't be sitting around like I mean, if I see that if I see that you have a full calendar and you've booked, you know, 50 shows yourself, then that means that you want to you want to book shows and you want to play shows and you want to, you know, keep going. So you should probably get a booking agent to get you 100 shows. Right. If you did 50 yourself, then imagine what 50 more could do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you know, got three singles on the radio and then maybe a manager or a publicist can help you get three more. Like, I think you have to put in exactly the amount that you want also to come out of somebody else. Like we're talking about, like it has to be an even trade. And if not, like, you know, you have to almost be doing more than I'm doing in order for me to even want to get involved. So if you want something, then you've got to be doing it yourself. And because what happens is there are so many things that an artist needs to succeed. There are many different roles and many different different jobs that you can have on a team with an artist to support them. And what happens is when you're splitting your time wearing all those hats, something is suffering, right? Like yep. one person can't do it all. So if you are doing all of it, then and you know something is suffering and it means that now is the time to go hire someone to take that one thing off your plate right yes and then you can focus a little bit more time like a little less time on the booking less Mm. time on the social media less time Mm. on the you know Mm. distribution channels less time on recording or you know you need to put more time somewhere so they won't know that unless they're doing a lot of exactly so they have to get their hands dirty in order to even get to that point exactly it's the same thing for me like you know in like having a management company you know i can do it all to an extent when do i decide that i have to hire an assistant or bring in a partner you know Mm -hmm. when everything for me becomes too much to manage as well and and it's the same thing like if you're if you're working so hard and you still need another pair of hands you're doing something right 
you know but i mean it's like now is the time that you grow your company and yeah. i mean i don't think you truly like if, if i'm sitting around as a manager and i have a management company and you know i'm not doing anything and i'm not succeeding with bands then why would i hire an assistant <laughs> you yeah. know or why would i hire someone else I agree. to grow the company I, I think that it's when when there's too much to manage and there's too many things to do that you have to bring an extra support and and that's what you know that's what management is and that's what that agents are and assistants and staff they're just there to support you and they're to help you there does become a you know a tipping point as to when the artist you know is doing a lot less and they're only open to creating and performing but the best artists that i know and i am definitely surrounded by them on very high levels the best artists that i know are 20 plus years in the business are you know making six seven figures annually and they still have their hands in merch design and you know make like even writing the newsletters the email yeah. newsletters and it's and true. they're, they're managing shit. their so, yeah and they're managing their social media and they're completely yep. in tune on the bottom with yeah. what is going on in their yeah. career you know it's like so, so many artists just wish that all of that would be taken care oh, of no, for them no. but i'm like no the minute that you lose sight of and lose connection to your fans you end up on one of those VH1 behind the music's like, yeah. I got robbed, dog. We didn't yeah. know what happened. <laughs> oh my god! They said they were doing it for us, and then we looked, and our accounts were empty. Yeah, that's exactly when it happened. I mean, so many things can go wrong. The, the more power you give up, the the less control you have over who. And, and, and it's you, like we said, it's it's your name, it's your yeah. brand, it's your legacy. And if you're letting everyone else make all these decisions for you and just do everything for you, you're left one day looking around like, how did I even end up here? Who am I? What do I represent? What do I own? I don't even know. Like, is that where you really want to be? Is yeah. having your name on a bunch of stuff that you don't even know how you got there because the manager was just signing the contracts and the checks and, you know, like yeah. making things happen for you when you you were sitting at home playing video games? And I mean, there's just so many things that can go wrong with not being connected and not having your hands in yeah. the dirt, you know? It's, it's crazy how, how that works, though, because it's like I've known... I mean, I've been in the industry a long time and I don't really recall too many conversations about this. Yeah. It's almost like, I mean, I've had conversations with managers like you about this, Yeah, but I talked to other artists and it seems to me like maybe what prepared me for it was like you said, doing it. Mm -hmm. The fact that I've done it for so long prepared me. I got my booking agent because I could book shows. Exactly. And my booking agent says to me like, look, print, I know you don't even need a booking agent. So and you and that you can go to another booking agent. So, I, you know, I enjoy working with you. That's why we have a good relationship, because yep. we value each other more. You value what I do because you've done it. And so to all the artists listening, uh, I hope you got something out of this. This is like uh, a lot of a lot to take in. But you should not. You should totally not fuck up now. <laughs> like, how can you get this wrong? You know, so, uh, you know, I want to thank you, April. Thank you. You know, this for, has been an awesome conversation. I hope so. I mean, I, we could go for hours. I man. know. We like, usually talk for five, six hours straight. So I, I have to control these conversations because every time me and April hang out, it's like I hate when you control six the hour lunches. Yeah, it's like six hour lunches and shit. And we're just talking, you know, getting kicked out of restaurants. Um, 
But, um, you know, for those listening, uh, stay tuned. We're going to come back. Me and Elijah are going to come back and just close this out and just kind of maybe add something to this and just summarize this because this is so good. And, uh, you know, uh, if you live in Columbus, you probably will see April around. You probably have seen her many times and just not knowing she was there in the back of the room, you know, just uh, in the back of the room. Yeah. Scoping that new talent. Yeah. Yeah. Laying low key, you know, being a good manager as she is. So uh, thank you, April. Thank you. And uh, we'll be right back. Boom. Back in the building. Word. The boys. Word. Yeah, we we on number nine and number ten. Yes, sir. Ten lessons from this uh this interview. And if y'all haven't been uh keeping track at home, <laughs> we have. Uh-huh. But yeah, the last two, number nine, we're gonna talk about which and these are how managers choose talent. And uh number nine is willing to work hard. Oh, you got work? Work ethic, bruh. Oh, if you got manager, you guys you still got work. That's what I hear. <laughs> I, oh, okay. I all heard right. All right. that it works best when you actually do something too. Oh, so the manager don't do all the work. <laughs> you actually still got to do some work. That's what I'm hearing, man. Okay. It's all very, right. very counterintuitive to how a lot of artists think. Uh, it's an interesting concept. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not popular. No, it's not. It's, it's not. very, uh, you know, slept on gym out there that, hey, you got to do something too. Yeah, it's popular among <laughs> successful people. Yes. <laughs> Who are a very small percentage of right. all people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Therefore, it's not known. <laughs> but yeah, work ethic is super important. When a manager can see your work ethic, they're more likely to want to work with you. When you're already doing what needs done, then they want to help you take it to the next level. Right. And then the last uh, lesson, you know, thing that they're looking for is you can accept guidance. Yeah. How, how. You know, can you be mentored? All right. Can you be managed? Yes. <laughs> can you can, can you be managed by the manager by the that manager. you want? Yes. You know, or do you know it all? Right. Are you the guy in the group who knows more than the people who work for you? Right. And doesn't let them make decisions because you micromanage them and, uh, you know, remove them of their their authority and autonomy. You just disrespect them. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. You know, so always second guessing them. Come on, man. Let them shine. Right. Because when they shine, you shine. Yes. So that's it. That's 10 joints. 10 joints. So I'm going to read these back and we'll get up out of here. Work. Cool. So number one is uh, this is how managers choose talent. This is number one is seeing that there is a need. Number two, having talent. Number three, having room to grow. Number four, being an artist who can focus on the art. Number five, having a unique point of view or voice. Number six, creative output. Number seven, personality, man. People gotta like you, dog. Number eight, willing to promote yourself. Number nine, willing to work hard. But up with that work ethic, though. <laughs> and number 10, you can accept guidance. Or don't be hard headed. Management, mentoring, mm-hmm. all of that shit. You know, if, if you can do all of these 10 things, you should have no problem finding not only a manager, but a lot of people who will work with you. Oh, yeah. In this industry, man. Because this is true. We've seen there are many people who don't have these traits. Yeah. And they are not very successful. Truth. And so uh we hope you all enjoyed that. Yeah. This is a you know, it's a cool one. We out of here quick fast, my yes, man. Yes, sir. And uh we'll see y'all next week. Word. Peace. Peace.
listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. that nobody know about. I mean, super duty, tough work. <laughs>